Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, guys. 7.33 a.m. Mountain Time. Everybody kind of waking up from that late tip-off last night for a good basketball game. And it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Good friend and co-host doing this for about a year now, a little over a year. We should count how many episodes. I know I will. I keep saying I'm going to do that. It's been over a year now because we started in March last year. Yeah, there's hours and hours of us blathering and nobody go back and record anything because my God. Um, but <laughs> no, um, yeah, welcome in guys. And Scott's showing us, gosh, we're really kicking it off today. Weather talk right off the bat. <laughs> See this blue chat? That's me. So if it gets a little funky in here, uh, the heavens are about to open up. Nick said he could actually hear the thunder on the microphone. So yeah. it's about to get it's about to get funky uh, where I live. So apologies mm. for any static or if I get knocked off. Our power lines and stuff are all underground here. So knock on wood, we don't typically lose power very often. But mm. uh, it's about to get real here. That stuff that's that's pretty close. That's Alabama right now getting hammered. So hopefully our friends in Alabama, Bama X. Uh, and y'all are, it seems like the tornadoes hit y'all and then they dissipate here a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But hopefully everybody's safe in Alabama and Mississippi coming through there right now. Uh, we had a weird weather event yesterday where we had a bunch of microclimates and I had a buddy just a few you know, blocks north of me. No rain yesterday. We got hit with hail and some uh, just crazy winds and whatnot. So getting by, but uh, you know, helps us always get by Ethan. Good morning, gents in Broncos country. Good to see you, Ethan. Hope you're doing well. And we got our first super kicking us off really quickly here. Thank you so much. David Kilgore, 999, asks, uh, do you guys think we would be in the DK Metcalf sweepstakes? I can really see us trading either Judy or Patrick for him, thinking that we would be really good. He would be really good for Russell Wilson. Hmm. Let's go ahead, Scott. What do you think? No, I don't think so. Um, it would probably cost you more than Jerry Judy, and I don't think you're in a position where you want to start giving up other things right now. Um, yeah. I mean, do I think it's possible? Yeah, yeah, it's possible. Um, but I don't know how much sense that makes right now. If I'm if I'm making trades right now, it's to get a premier right tackle. It's to it's to do something like that, not necessarily go after a wide receiver. I feel really good about uh, the the wide receiver position. I mean, I know you can always <clears throat> go strength to strength, but yeah. um, it doesn't make a ton of sense for me and. Move on one of those guys now. Everything is so positive right now in in Broncos country and in Denver that you risk upsetting things a little bit. You know, we're going to move this guy just because this quarterback comes in. I don't know. It's not not for me. It's not for me. Yeah, no, I've definitely getting in the right tackle. There are a few other positions I would be interested in uh, trading for. Like if there was a really good defensive lineman available via trade uh, right now, you have Draymond Jones and DJ Jones, but you could always get another guy there or a defensive back of some sort, maybe getting Darby more slot role or just getting another dominant defensive back would make some sense too. The one thing here, I think DK Metcalf, I'd be interested in just like picking up the market because he is a dominant receiver in the way that Russell Wilson wins on the field and you need to get instant chemistry with him there. And he's still young. The big thing with Metcalf is he's going to need to be paid pretty quickly here. Um, You have, what is it? One year left of control with DK Metcalf, which means big contract uh, on the horizon. And the thing here that really doesn't make sense is uh, trading Tim Patrick. The Broncos just restructured Tim Patrick's contract. Uh, so that way, now, if you move him, you would, if you trade Tim Patrick, you would, in your cap savings would be negative 3.1 million. So Tim Patrick is here. That's with how the restructuring works. It's not like the, the contracts themselves, the money changes. It's just how they're getting paid and the guarantees get kicked on later. So it gets the players more security long-term. So that's a reason you haven't seen the Broncos you saw the Broncos touch Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick's contracts. They brought in Russell Wilson, and now they're committing further to Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, giving up later flexibility to trade them or move on from them to create some cap room right now. And they haven't done that with Garrett Bowles, which they could create a lot of cap space if they restructure Garrett Bowles' contract. I think they want the 
uh, cap savings for that. And it's not 3 million to Tracy's baby comes in and say negative 3 million. It's not bad. You hardly ever see deals where actually it's, it's not, you're getting 3 million back. It's, it's a 3 million bigger cap hit to trade him than just to keep him on your roster. You rarely ever see guys moved on from when they have a negative cap hit or cap savings uh, to move on from them. So that one, I, I don't think happens. That's, that's Judy, done by poor management teams. Um, yeah. Which I'm quite familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the Jerry Judy, maybe, but I think you get a little bit redundant in the skill set with Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. I think if DK Metcalf was available a year from now, we would maybe talk about that and kind of do some posturing and uh, jostling of the wide receiver room. But for now, probably not going to happen. I'm just really hoping that DK Metcalf doesn't wind his way up in Kansas City. That would be unfortunate. Uh, Jacob Foster coming in with the support. Thank you so much, Jacob. Good to see you. Happy Tuesday to you. April 5th. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that game last night too, man. Uh, didn't watch much of the NCAA tournament. Uh, once the Hawkeyes were bounced, I was like, ah, I got other things to do. I'm just, it's just going to make me sad. Um, but um, great game last night. I really enjoyed it. And let's block this spam. What? I don't know. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm up. I'm up here on, uh, on Jacob's comment. So I didn't see it. So thank you for being current. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I stopped. I went upstairs after the pod about nine 40. I'm not even sure what time kick kickoff was. Tip off was nine 20. And then, uh, yeah, that's, and I, I, I know, but it's, it's, it's too late. It's, it's too late. Um, you know, you, you at least have a choice Mm -hmm. for West coast in order. What do I need to do to, to, to watch this game on East coast? My kids aren't going to watch that game. You're not, you're, I don't know. It keeps working. You're not losing generations of fans, I guess, but baseball is the worst. You know, the, the MLB, the world series starts, you know, eight o'clock. The game's over at midnight. You know, you're losing just tons. They talk about the the teams getting older. Anyway, whatever. Uh, What I did was put on WrestleMania because I went to Peacock to see if I could find something and put on some some WrestleMania. And the kids had never watched wrestling with me before. So um, I was was watching that all of it and got to watch the the Jackass segment, which was fun. I mean, it was hilarious. Um, You know, my daughter's like, is that real? Then why are they doing that? I'm like, it's just like mom watching TV downstairs. It's the characters you build up and it's the stunt shows and it's the entertainment. And sometimes they do some really cool stuff and it's fun. You know, and they're laughing their butts off when we man slammed the dude. So we had a, we had a good time doing that little, little WWE. Yeah. Oh, it was not the, you know, my, my wife's proudest moment of me though, but <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's yep. We hear it. Look out. I saw a, a little, if you guys see a little black dog running around in the wicked witch, you know, flying around, look out for Scott. Uh, we got Mile High Truth coming in. What's up, gents? Ashton's in the house. Says, anyone feel like Let's Ride thing? Feels like Hopper from Bug Life. Ah, oh, man, you're really taking me back nostalgia there. Bug's Life was a I early that movie. It's love a it. very good one. Love yeah, it. it's a, I'm a beautiful butterfly. Uh, Luke Wright coming in. Good morning, <laughs> Nick and Scott. If we took an edge rusher at 64, who Still would you choose? Ladybug, you think I'm a girl? Oh, that is a good movie, man. It's been a bit. Pixar, man, they don't miss. I haven't seen their newest one yet, but uh, I'll probably watch it at some point. Um, edge rusher at 64, who would you choose? <sighs> Most of the time in the mock drafts, the edge rushers at 60. I know it's a deep edge rushing class, and I stand by that, but I do not love the value of almost any of them at 64. It feels like a bunch of them are better, like, date round three, round four, uh, when we've done the mock drafts. But is there any edge rusher at 64, Scott, that sticks out to you? I'll throw out one that uh, probably a little bit of a pipe dream that he's there at 64. And maybe we'll talk about him a little bit later, <laughs> hint, when we're discussing our main topic, which is Broncos uh, prospects maybe worth trading up for from 64. But if Arnold Ebiketti falls to 64, I would be ecstatic. Uh, I love his, A, his body type is great. Um, He's got he's a tilter more than a bender, but he's 6'3 with like 34-inch arm length or something like that. So he doesn't have an issue with that. And he is a, a demon, plays with his hair on fire. I know it's a cliche, but like just how tenacious he is in trying to string together moves and get after the quarterback. Uh, I think he, if you're looking to play a lot of gap and a half or really depending on your edges to set the edge with as minimal guys possible, maybe there are better players there, but you're talking about, you know, a round two player, not a round one player with Evichetti. So I would love him a lot. Uh, I thought he was pretty good at the senior bowl as well. And he dominated in the big 10 this season. So uh, really TD Randall like coming in asking about uh, with with the coming green with the super for us talking about uh, Nick Benito, the Oklahoma mm-hmm. edge around this spot. You know, yeah. do you think it could he be one of those guys that fills in with this uh, this topic as well? I think Nick Benito can. I I'll be completely honest. I'm a little biased against the type of pass rusher that Benito is because he's a little bit 
he's almost like too hybrid in a way. I want the more of the power aspect where Benito is finesse, but he's finesse in a way that isn't super duper soft either. Like there's a little bit of speed to power that he has compared to somebody like Drake Jackson, uh, who's just, you know, plays like his arms are the cave in like Plato sometimes, even though he's toolsy, just, you know, <laughs> plays pretty soft, which I don't really enjoy. So I would think Benito would be fine. I'm just, he's not my favorite flavor of edge rusher. Now that being said, you know, like, Oh Nick, you must love Kingsley Anagbari. No, you have to have better athleticism uh, than he chose a little more pop, but uh, I digress. You know, you're talking about pick 64. There are going to be good guys available. I still might like the prospect of a bunch of those guys taken slightly later though than at pick 64. Well, the one that we take almost every time that seems to be there all the time is Josh Pascal out of Kentucky. I know we're higher on him than a lot of the boards. Um, So he's available. So keep an eye on him. And then depending on if he's there and if you're willing to do it, Sam Williams could be available at 64 edge out of Ole Miss who has um, a a dismissed sexual assault case. So you've got to, he's got to be able to answer those questions in a way that satisfies you. But if you get him at 64, he's a steal. I think he's a top, I've said 15, maybe that's a little high. I'm not sure that it is, but he's a first round talent for me. And he could be there at 64. Uh, Majai Sanders is someone I like uh, out of Cincinnati. He, he didn't test very well at the combine because he got some bad advice. He, at the uh, at the Senior Bowl, he was about 242, 243, right in that neighborhood, and then got sick and tested anyway. And he was down in the 220s at the NFL Combine, which sapped his strength, sapped his explosion, sapped everything. And then back at his pro day, he was back up in the 240s again. So the kid out of Cincinnati. So there should be a couple guys available at edge at 64 if uh, if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, no, that's a uh, that's a good call there. Um, quick, just rapid fire, Scott, because I'm curious about how high you actually are on Sam Williams. So I'm going to list a, another edge prospect, buy, buy or sell, wink. Um, and uh, then we can, uh, you can let me know if you would rather have Sam Williams than this guy. And I'll just throw out, uh, we'll not say. Yeah, I'd rather have Sam Williams. I, I, I don't. If we're talking 64, there isn't anybody you could you could take me. You could tell me that I wouldn't rather have. It's more. I'm talking actually more like you said. He's a top 15 talent. So oh, I'm okay, talking about okay. those guys up there. Um, so I'm going to leave out uh, Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, and Trevon Walker because I think you'd probably rather have those guys than Sam Williams. Um, not if you agree, correct? Yes. I agree. I'm, look, I'm looking okay. up uh, okay. Sam's um, senior bowl stuff. I was going to post okay. it for you here while we were talking. So um, uh, Jermaine Johnson also, would you rather have him? Jermaine Johnson and, and Sam Williams to me are in the same. They're right here. I, mm-hmm. I like them just about equally. I'd be I'd be happy with, uh, with both of them. Um, so I, was like, I was texting at the time. I'm like, who's this guy from Penn State? Like what number? It's like seven. I was like, that's not him. That's Sam Williams for sure. That's Sam Williams. But you see, you know, the, the word becomes twitch. I always said bounce. You know, these guys are up on their toes and they're bouncing around like they're on pogo sticks. You know, this is Max. Max Mitchell was just bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was bad luck or whatnot, but Sam Williams, you know, went around him a couple times. Uh, coming off the other edge, stand up outside linebacker, yeah, getting the edge again, blowing that play up. And he's 6'4", 260. This isn't, you know, yeah. a finesse and he, player. And he looks he's like a safety. Out. I mean, he, he, yeah. without without perspective, he looks like a safety out there. Yeah. Coming off the edge again, stand up way wide. You know, ducks under. He's just, he's really, really good. Really good. So yeah. he's a, if, if he's available... I think you've got enough. If, if if you're okay with it, you can handle the PR hit right now. Everything's so good at Denver right now. You could handle the PR hit. If you're the Atlanta Falcons and you're you're just in the muck, and I don't think you can afford to do something like that. Or you could just say, "What do we have to lose? We need to take a shot." But um, Sam Williams is an intriguing player at that position. If he's there, someone someone might. I mean, someone, someone could take him a lot earlier than 64 for sure. Or he could fall to the end of the third. You know, it's that kind of thing with the, the assault and the battery there. Mm-hmm. So uh, now other names, um, would you rather have Sam Williams than a healthy David Ajabo? I, I probably would. Okay. I mean, just Jordan. pure players. You know, if I'm playing a video game, I think Sam Williams is a better player right now. Okay. Interesting. Uh, George Karloftis, same thing. Yes. Boye Mafe. Yes. Okay, well, I would put Sam Williams with Jermaine Johnson for me, and I've mocked Jermaine Jermaine Johnson at eight. I would put uh, Williams closer to Karloftis and Mafe, uh, Mm. just because his tape is he takes a lot of plays off at Ole Miss. 
um, especially in run defense. So you can tell where he's loafing it and you, you need to set an edge and there goes the guy around the corner. Um, but he's really talented. Uh, so it will be interesting to follow David Kilgore coming back in. Thank you so much, David. Uh, what about Tyron Matthew? You guys think we will get him? I do not think the Broncos will get him. I would be extremely excited to get him. Uh, the Broncos right now, they have a couple spots in the roster that I wouldn't consider holes per se, but areas that I look at with extensive and extreme wonder <laughs> and projection. Uh, safety too is one of those spots. Caden Stearns last year, well, he is an ascending player and a year two and a really good pick for the fifth round. Another reason that maybe teams should look to take safeties later. Uh, you know, a lot of last year, a lot of the Broncos fans were clamoring for Richie Grant around this time. And I watched some Richie Grant last year, guys. I think Caden Stearns would give him a run for his money. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Scott. Um, Richie Grant. Not no, I, I was a big fan of Richie Grant. And what you can tell in a senior bowl is like, can they cover? Yep. Um, can they move? Yep. Can they hit? Yep. All those things are good, but you're not sure the processing and being able to uh, take in an offense as as or a defense as complex as Dean Pease. So Richie Grant struggled mightily yeah. last year, and it bothered me a little bit because he wasn't like a 21-year-old kid. He, I think he's going to be 25 or 26 going into the yeah, season. He was like a six-year guy. Yep. So, you know, he should have been ahead of the game, and he he struggled. He struggled last year. Um, nah, I like the pick. Is, I did. Yeah. I, I I praised it. He was he was my guy coming out of the Senior Bowl. Part of that is a terrible pass rush. Didn't help them one bit. But I digress. Uh, Terry Mathieu, though, if he's available, I would be ecstatic to get him. He's still a really good player. He's super versatile. And if you want to live in nickel and dime, having a versatile safety out there to pair with Justin Simmons that you can do a lot of different things with, I think would be great for this defense. And this isn't a shot at Caden Stearns at all. I'm hoping the Broncos use a lot of three safety sets. So you're still going to see plenty of Caden Stearns. The other thing is, I think Broncos country and fans in general, they think they look at the roster and they look at the 22. I'm much more interested in the two deep because injuries are going to happen. What players can you take away and weather the storm right now? Let's say if you lose, even let's, let's say you lose Caden Stearns, it's not going to, well, let's not even say Justin Simmons really not going to there. Um, but that then, you know, that safety position goes from okay to uh Oh, immediately. <laughs> and, I don't feel good about that at any position, except the only position where I'm okay with that being the case is quarterback, because it's impossible to have two quarterbacks that you feel great with. Uh, not impossible, but improbable. But the other positions, you want to be able to set up the roster to weather storms. And right now, I don't know if I feel that way about safety. Adam Matthew makes the defensive backfield strength. Also, God, just give me for the content and the narrative, good interviews, hating on KC. Let's really, I mean, the Broncos to beat Kansas city for the first time since 2015 with Tyron Matthew as well. Let's, I know that I'm, I should be purely analytical and uh, analysis, but the, the the content and the narrative there would be incredible. So sign me up. EJ, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you. Jeremy's in the house. Don't recognize his name. Jeremy Bales. Um, good morning to you, Jeremy. Um, Paul's in the house too. Good morning. Brad D says, oops, morning from Windy, Montana. Jeremy's in the house. Well, well, ride the thunder. The mascot after each touchdown. So let's ride, meaning let's score. Um, we also got Big E saying good morning. Be safe, Scott, uh, where you're at. Miguel's in the house. I'm sure with stars here. Good morning, fellas. Good to see you, Miguel. Peter Middleton, how's everything going? Evening from Cambodia. CC, Bama X going on. U.S. Dave's in the house. Dave Glassman. C congrats, Dave. Uh, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, go Broncos. Um, Carl is also a big uh, Jayhawks fan. So I want to give him a shout out as well because he's riding high and we'll see him tonight. Uh, Chase coming in saying, hey, fellas, as you know, Russ doesn't really attack the middle of field that often, but there's a narrative about him being shut down because Judy. of this. Just, He's talking about Judy because I saw this question yesterday. Oh, there's a narrative about Judy being shut down because of this. Mm -hmm. Just curious your thoughts. They're going to find ways to use him. Um, I do think that it's just more of an unknown with Russell Wilson, with how Judy wins, with uh, Nathaniel Hackett's offense coming from Green Bay. They like to use a lot of RPOs with dagger routes with Devontae Adams and using him as like an ISO player on one side. And I think with that type of offense, when you actually – can utilize the middle of the field at a high rate. That makes sense with Judy. But with Russell Wilson, they've had many offensive coordinators come to Seattle over the years, and almost it almost always turns into the same thing. Uh, the offense does. It turns into Russell Wilson ball. So I'm curious to see what it looks like with Nathaniel Hackett, if they can implement some things uh, that we haven't seen with Russell Wilson yet. I'm curious to see how the RPO game can be utilized with Russell Wilson too. That's something we haven't seen that much with him that Hackett did a heck of a lot. I don't think any team, that's not true. The Packers ran the second highest rate of RPOs last year, only behind the Miami Dolphins, which two of us so limited. Pretty much the only thing they could run was RPOs. I digress. Um, but we'll be curious to see how the RPO offense looks with Russell Wilson. 
I do think that there is some questions, maybe not concerns, but questions about Judy's utilization in the offense if the Broncos are limited in how they attack the middle of the field. And Judy's good enough that he's not just a slot no. receiver. You don't no. you typically spend a high round, a first round pick on guy who's that limited. That it's like, oh, yeah. if he's just in the slot, then then uh, I've gone through this before. I'm not going to go through it right yeah. now. But he's good enough to play outside as well. So there can be a three-man rotation with your three receivers, moving them in and out however you want to. And Judy's skill set is different to the fact that he on any kind of broken play, any kind of extended play, he's going to be one of the top options because he's going to be in the middle of the field. He'll track back. He'll be right there where he's mirroring almost a spy to, uh, to the quarterback at times where he's working the way to get open. So I think Judy can be very effective uh, in this offense. And and stash Brannigan on Twitch saying make or break year for Judy. Third year, there's there's really no such thing. To, I mean, he'll keep getting his chances. He's good enough that he'll keep getting his chances, and it may just take a little longer. He'll be one of those guys in year seven, has his breakout year. Uh, but as far as a contract goes, you know, do you pick up his fifth option? Um, what's it going to be like for uh, his second contract? This is a very, very important year for him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Mario 248 coming in saying, good morning. I believe we are just in the right spots to get good players, even if they move back and get more picks for a solid all around uh, roster. Yeah, the Broncos could move back. They could move up. Um, who knows? Right now they have the, I just saw an article from Pro Football Focus saying that they have the second most value in the 2023 draft. So you bet that George Payton's going to have to do some maneuvering in this draft class to start kind of replenishing the 2023 draft capital because if they pay Russell Wilson all a big contract, you're going to need cheap cost controlled players to help fill out the last 10 to 15 spots on the roster. And with only four picks next year, that's not how you do it. So no doubt they're going to have to do some stuff to accumulate more draft capital. Peter Middleton coming in saying, I think we really need to invest in the right tackle, especially with the lack of draft picks next year. I do. I I don't disagree with you, Peter. I think that the right tackle spot is valuable if you have a bad player, but if you just have competent there, you can be, you can live with it and get away with it. Uh, the Broncos have three options at right tackle this season. So hopefully they have a high floor. Um, it's also a spot where I'm hoping with Russell Wilson here, you might be able to get a veteran, not a massive cost, costly veteran, but a veteran in here that wants to come in and chase a ring and play with a good offense with that Russell Wilson aura slash presence in the free agency market. You know, now the Broncos have that kind of quarterback. Maybe you can be attractive to those types of free agents again. All right. Speaking of massive, um, Todd McShay has a a new mock out there. And I, I like to, uh, to pick at Todd McShay for a litany of reasons. His pick, it was a two-round mock this time, and his pick for the Denver Broncos this year was Daniel Faalele. So it doesn't get much more massive than six foot eight and chained. I think it was actually six foot eight and a quarter, uh, 387, 390 pounds of Daniel Faalele. Um, I'm almost positive. I can look it up again real quick that he still had, let me check, that he still had Abraham, uh, Abraham Lucas won at 62. So that's that's my guy <clears throat> for for that spot. Now, going back to what um what Peter says, I think we need to invest in right tackle. I don't want to reach at right tackle uh if the right guy is there and I still think Falele is a little bit of a reach at 64. I think Lucas would be perfect at 64. Um you know, how would you react Nick if uh his name come off the board and it was Daniel Falele uh in the second round for the Denver Broncos? Uh confused and questioning exactly what the Broncos are doing offensively because he doesn't feel like a scheme fit. And I also, you talk about Russell Wilson having a hard time seeing over his offensive lineman. You're not helping um, with <laughs> something like that. So uh, that's makes me curious about the pick from a number of perspectives. I like him as a high ceiling project. Um, you mentioned, are you competent at the right tackle right now? Okay, well, if I'm competent there, then One let's year. draft this mammoth monster guy and see uh, see what we can do with him and see what we can get out of him. I'd like to see him in the 365 range. Um, people talk about, you know, oh, 330. I'm like, no, 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 that's too thin for him. As big as he is with that frame, that's actually too light for him. But, you know, 360, if he's dropping 25 pounds from where he was at the Senior Bowl, I think that would be uh, really good. Uh, Eddie Fruto is coming to say, yo, what up, guys? Loving the podcast. Let's go Broncos. When is a draft? Do you think we will stay still and let Peyton cook 
When is voluntary minicamp? Excited about this year. He's Eddie's all over it. He he want, where, when's minicamp? When's OTAs? When's the draft? Draft when do we is like start? Three, I'm ready. Eddie's ready to go. Draft is three weeks away, and uh, we have mini camps coming up. Uh, first organized Bronco activity of the season on April 11th. So it's coming up. Um, Shane Daniels, morning. Morning to you, Shane. Good to see you. Benjamin Flora is also in the house. Morning, gents. Awesome to see you. Um, no, we're I'm going just, red on this one. Troy Anderson. Oh, from D- Ethan coming in. We're, we're going red. We're going red. Let's do it. Uh, Ethan coming in saying, Troy Anderson, Brees Hall, Trey McBride, and Abraham Lucas at 64. What do you do? I, hmm, man, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, Scott, you take this one first. Let me think about Abraham it. Lucas done. It's easy for me. Um, I love Troy Anderson. Not on this team. Not, not at this pick for this team. I could make a real good case for why. If you get Troy Anderson, you're thrilled. Absolutely yeah. thrilled. Um, you're, you're happy with, with Trey McBride. Um, but not so much as Troy Anderson, who I think is a, a better football player, and Abraham Lucas, who I think is a very good football player at a position of need and fits round hole, round peg, uh, Washington State offensive tackle. Brees Hall, I don't need that running back. Um, if, if, if he would be my fourth pick out of this bunch, if I'm, if I'm labeling these in my order of preference, one Lucas, two Anderson, three McBride, four Brees Hall. I probably go Troy Anderson here just because mm-hmm. I think he's the best player out of this crop. And even though he plays, duh, actually you list, this is a really good question because linebacker running backs, the least valuable here, but linebackers slash tight end are pretty, if you have good ones they are valuable, but they're positions that it's super easy to find replacement level talent in today's NFL. So you, if you don't have to spend premium picks to find guys that on the field that you can use. So don't really love using the 64th overall or a first round pick on those positions, especially, but 64, you're just looking to get good players. It's already hard enough that far down. And I think Troy Anderson's the best player. I will say that, um, Scott, here's a question for you. Do you have Chad Muma higher than Troy Anderson? No, you don't. Okay. I have Chad Muma higher than Troy Anderson. I think Chad Muma is the best coverage linebacker in this class. Um, he moves like a safety. His hips are incredible. Troy Anderson's still kind of figuring out from what I can gather, even though he's a good athlete, so if, if this was Chad Muma, Troy Anderson, Brees Hall, Trey McBride, blah, 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 I'd probably say Chad Muma would be my number for one. What, for whatever it's worth, at the Senior Bowl, Troy Anderson looked better in okay. everything. You know, they're side by side, uh, and Troy Anderson was faster to the ball, quicker to recognize, uh, his movement's better, his his pro day numbers are, are, are better. He's, I think he's at, he might actually be even a, a shade bigger, but it's close. Uh, yeah. Troy Anderson would be, uh, he'd be my pick. As a pure inside linebacker, I like him as much as anybody in this class. Yeah. And there are some positions where the athletic testing really matters, guys. Linebacker is one of them where it's nice if they have it, but it's not the baseline of what's important there. Processing, being in the right position, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, the best play, the best two linebackers in football right now for my money. Okay. I guess we can add Micah Parsons there. He's one, but his, a lot of his value comes from rushing the passer, mm-hmm. which is different than Darius and, Leonard. And why, why can he do that? Cause he's a freak athlete. He's a freak athlete, you know, and As that's a, where, yeah. you know, Troy Anderson's testing in those type of ranges where yeah. he can do some other things too, but his, his sideline to sideline ability. And again, if you win conference player of the year, I don't care if you're playing in the Jack box, Mickey mouse league at running back and linebacker, you know how to play the game for God's sakes. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just, you're just instinctive. You just know how to play, play, play the game. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of Troy Anderson. I, I am. I'd take him over Muma. Uh, and for me, it would go one and two. If you said Lucas, it would it'd be one of those two for me. Yeah. So if you said, if me and you are doing a draft and we're in the room together, pick your battles. I wouldn't fight you hard on that one because I really like Troy Anderson. Now, if you said Trey McBride, we'd have a, we'd have more of a battle. If you said Brees yeah. Hall, we'd have more of a battle. But to me, it's, it's the other two. Yeah, I like Brees Hall. He's my, very nice. He's my running back too. And I also think that Broncos country should be open to the idea of a running back at 64 just because, and I like Mike Boone, but we keep talking about Russell Wilson in the middle of the field. There's a reason that Russell Wilson has never been top 10 in pass attempts. It's because there are only so many routes and plays you can have where you are not using the middle of the field as much as Russell Wilson doesn't use it. So therefore you see a little bit more running, running game and to have running backs of quality on cheap rookie contracts that you're getting day two. I mean, that's, that's money. That's exactly what you want to do. You don't want to pay running backs, big second contracts. You don't want to draft from the first round. 
But if you can stack quality guys day two, um, just like what we've seen the Vikings do here recently when George Payton was there, I think that makes sense. So I'm not even against a running back at 64. If Kenneth Walker or Brees Hall are there at 64 and they love him, fine. Uh, lock it up cheap, cost-controlled, healthy, the peak of their careers for the next three seasons, lining up pretty well with Russell Wilson as well. Uh, that'd be that'd be fine with me. I don't have an issue with it. It's, it seems a little bit luxury, but still. We've seen it for less, but you could save about 1.2 on the cap if you wave Mike Boone. Now, that sounds crazy, yeah. but again, why? I don't need to be paying. A, if I'm using a second-round pick on a running back of this talent, I don't need a $2 million-plus third-string guy. Yeah. You know, so either you're paying Mike Boone to run the ball. Either let him run the ball or let him go. So, yeah. that, like, you've already got your two. And you're not you're not drafting a three with the second round, a third a third pick in this. You are not drafting a guy to be third string in the second round. Yeah. So to me, that means the end of Mike Boone, which could happen. Yeah, it could Sorry. happen. But I if would you believe be, in Mike Boone. You're not taking a running back that high. Yeah, I guess I don't believe because I believe what I can see, and he hasn't mm -hmm. played. We haven't I, seen anything from Mike Boone. That's what yeah. I keep saying. Oh, I love Mike Boone. I love Mike Boone. What, why? What? What have you seen? I haven't. Yeah. I haven't seen anything. I would maybe in that situation come at with him with a contract extension that lowers the money, but keeps him, you know, on another year, because one of the big things with Mike Boone is the special teams ability. He actually is a pretty good special teams player. So uh, who knows, but it's on, it's on the menu. It's something to consider. Everything should be on the menu at pick 64. Honest to God. Uh, the Broncos just need to get good players there. Doug Freeland. Good morning, guys. What do you guys think about Perry on Winfrey? Um, I don't know if you get, Scott doesn't really know this name that much, but Bob McGinn has been in the NFL game for a while, a lot of connections, and he used to write for the Packers and broke off and now has his own subscribe channel. But he has some pretty inflammatory quotes on Perry on Winfrey um, from a scout saying like, there's one, if there's any guarantee I have in this draft, it's that Perry on Winfrey is going to bust essentially was that from that one anonymous scout uh, could be somebody lying. It is lying season. Who knows? Um, but Winfrey was really good at the senior bowl. I think he's really good in a single gap scheme. He plays really high, which I don't really love for him. I want him to pen. I, that's why you want him more of an attacking role versus a two gapping or a gap and a half. Uh, but the athleticism, the length, uh, he's going to be fine in the NFL. And I think that I was just looking at the interior defensive line class. There are, there are five guys um, on the interior line uh, in this upcoming class. And then there's a massive drop off. Perry on Winfrey is one of those top five. And this was, this is coming off another year where the interior defensive line was pretty poor last season as well in the draft. Uh, maybe Christian Barmore should have gone a lot higher. I digress, but Winfrey, I'd be happy with him. I don't know if I love him as a scheme fit at pick 64. Maybe I'd wait until 60, uh, 75, but I like the talent. I, I do have a little bit of pause with the, the anonymous uh, unverified whisper out there that there's some concerns about his work ethic and chances of hitting in the league because of his mentality. But at 64, that's a risk I think you're worth taking because you're talking about a first-round defensive tackle who you could play. If you go 4-3, he's a pass rusher. Um, if you go uh, if you go 3-4, he ends up being one of the one of the ends. Yeah. Uh, Rob coming in says, where are you, all the MHH guys from? I know you two, Eric's in Alaska, but what about Chad, Luke, Zach, and Lance? You guys are my favorite. We're everywhere. We're, we, don't, we're, uh, we don't have a, a geographical location. No, I live in Atlanta. Nick's in Seattle. As far as the other guys, you'll have to ask them. That's, uh, that's, they, uh, you know, I know Chad is everywhere, literally, uh, Zach's been all over the place. So you'll, you'll have to ask them. That's, uh, that's not my, that's not our tale to tell. So appreciate the super, but that's, uh, that's, that's not for us to say. You'll ask them, see what they tell you. Yeah. They're, they're all in Broncos country. Um, but I, I'm in <laughs> Seattle. I don't have any issue with that. Um, find me on a peak somewhere except on the weekends. Cause the weather keeps being crappy but uh clayton coming in morning guys smash that like button and share i just woke up we all slept in and had a movie night last night two movies let us know what movies also it's coffee time absolutely i'm almost uh, empty already can't you tell i uh oh, i feel that hello. i didn't i didn't see you come in so good morning good morning and lawrence i think going back to the tray uh to the jerry judy i think i'd trade him now for some uh for to get for the right to get trey mcbride and some more picks uh i think that was on jerry judy i'm not positive on that one though I don't think I would trade up for uh, Trey McBride. This is, again, it's a Russell Wilson conversation. Tight end is valuable, and you'd like to have a good one, but are you going to maximize the value of the tight end with Russell Wilson? Uh, one of the worst trades the Seahawks made, not as bad as the Jamal Anderson one, or the Jamal Adams one, but trading Max Unger and picks for Jimmy Graham, who pretty much they only use vertically uh, with 
Russell Wilson. Now there were some highlights there with Russell, uh, Jimmy Graham, because Jimmy Graham was still a good player, but didn't really maximize his output and his usage. So again, going to be fine. Going to be a good player. I don't know if he's worth it to the Broncos specifically, uh, especially in a deep tight end class. There are guys that I really like late uh, in this class that you can get that I think make more sense to nab this season, this cycle. Peter Middleton so from, coming in. From 64 to get up into the Peter coming with some stars saying, what would it cost you to get up into the 30s or 40s from 64? Probably another third. Oh, probably more than that. Um, I think I think it might even cost it. I was going to say, so 64 all the way up to the 30s, first round? That would probably take all of your day. Well, I think picks. 40s in that neighborhood. Okay. So from 64 to get up to 40. So, okay. you know, 30s or 40s to me means anywhere from 31 to 49, which to me means 40. So let's say 40. What's it cost you to go from to move up 25 spots to 40? I think a, a two and a three might get it done. I, I think you might have to throw in another And six then kick in a seven something. or something. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you there. So something like 64, 75 and 156 or whatever the Broncos six round pick was our fifth round pick. Um, that, I think that's probably where the area you're talking about there. Um, I think the Broncos probably, unless like boy, Mafe falls down there or something, or uh, they absolutely love, let's say, Trevor Penning and he falls down there, then maybe you could see it, but I'm guessing probably more likely they have a guy graded as a early two that falls into like 50 to 55 range and you see a slight trade up. That's the most feasible for me if they are trading up. We'll see though. And good morning, Kathy from Germany. Good afternoon in Germany for sure. Mark Schrader, it's definitely good morning to Mark Schrader. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing? Glad you are here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Getting to the topic at hand, I guess we've been kind of hitting on that a little bit. from the beginning, I wanted to talk about the the McShay's mock. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I he's wide receiver and and quarterback crazy right now, but the league has gone wide receiver and quarterback crazy right now. So to be fair, um, you know, like I've, I've said, I've, I've had my criticisms of him. So let's I, I try. So I'm biased. We're all biased. I recognize that. To try and step away and look back in saying, okay, if these guys are getting these humongous, crazy contracts to the point where they're, they're leaving teams, does it make sense to put a modifier on a receiver? So like, I like Christian Watson at 40, you know, I should take him at 25. Uh, if I like him at 40, I need to make sure that I get him in that extra year. Cause it could be worth $20 million down the line. Is it worth moving those guys up um, and taking the positions that aren't getting paid? Or do I use the other part of my brain and saying there will be a correction in three or four years and the defensive lineman will get paid. Uh, the tight ends when Kyle Pitts starts coming around and he gets his, his next contract. Cause you know, the Falcons could franchise tag him twice, but you know, they're not going to want to see him at free agency. So they're going to pay him a boatload. Um, you know, so how crazy is it that seven wide receivers could go in the first round, 10 of the top 40 along with five quarterbacks. Who knows? In a class where we don't say, and, and again, who's who's the who's the Jamar Chase of this bunch? That's the thing that gets me is like there's some good players. Yeah, who's the Jamar Chase in this class? Who's there's the not dude? a Jamar Chase. There's no there's not a Jalen Waddle. There's not a Kyle Pitts. Uh, there, I guess you can probably put more of those guys in the Devonta Smith mold. Uh, the Chris Olave, Garrett Wilsons of the world. Mm-hmm. I really do like Jamison Williams. Also, uh, Drake London. The more I think about it, him is like a big slot because his ability to separate vertically isn't there. But for his size, his ability to separate horizontally is awesome. If you want to run out of 11 personnel, uh, Drake London out of the big slot, I think it would be amazing. Um, maybe not a scheme fit then with the, the Falcons. Uh, maybe that's the later conversation with Drake London, but uh, really interesting player there. So I get it going early, also getting that fifth round tender. Uh, maybe we're, we'll see a market. You talk about a market correction. Maybe this is the market correction to a few years ago where you had Terry McLaurin and AJ Brown and Debo Samuel all going day two when they should have probably been round one picks. Uh, with was, obviously, was with Met, Metcalf wasn't the first, Metcalf round, was the was second it? round. Pick. I think he went 64 yeah. overall, actually, where the Broncos are going to be picking. There you go. So, uh, um, it could be a correction, it could also be, you know, part of me says there are so many guys that can run and catch, especially in this class with speed. You know, we're talking about Tyquan Thornton running four twos. We pick him up in the sixth round of our mock. Yeah. Um, you know, miss on guys like that. You know, put him on the jugs machine for three hours a day and make sure you can catch anything that's near him. You can't fix that speed, and there's four four guys everywhere right now. Yeah. So the idea 
to reach for, you know, to, to reach for a wide receiver when, or to overpay to that point to do what Kansas city did. You know, I, I'm almost to the point where I'd say, let them go, let, let them go. We can find replacements for these guys in the, in with multiple guys. I'll bring in three guys that are running sub four, four. One of them is going to be a, a really good player. Yeah. So, and it's a deep class too. I mean, Christian Watson's there. You know how I feel about sky Moore. Mm-hmm. I feel like people are really sleeping on Jahan Dotson who I love um, from yeah, Penn, the Penn state. state kid. So there's, there are options there. Traylon Burks fell a bit, but uh, you know, there's some options uh, no doubt there with wide receiver. Um, but yeah, no, let's get into the topic at hand. If there's any comments that stick out to you, we can probably do it. We're talking about, I see some Jerry Judy trade value conversations here. Um, Kathy coming in first. Uh, do you guys think Calvin on uh, Austin makes it to the third round specifically to 96? That feels it's definitely possible, um, but that feels probably right about the range. I could see him going anywhere round three, 96. I would say it's possible. Uh, I really do like Calvin Austin, but we got to be honest. He is a niche gadget player uh, at his size. Uh, five, eight, one, what was it? One sixty-five, one seventy. Um, which is that's tiny and tiny doesn't always, he's fast, but tiny doesn't than always Jalen Waddle. Yeah. But Jalen Waddle is historically fast. Calvin Austin was fast, <laughs> but Jalen Waddle's running like Calvin Austin can move now. Yeah. It's, but I see when I watch and him, Tyree Kill is a bit more like a small running back, wasn't he? He's thick. Yeah. yeah. And he breaks tackles. You don't really see t- broken tackles with Calvin Austin. You see him running yeah. away from guys and it just doesn't happen as much at the NFL level. You have to be able to break some tackles. Uh, the thing with Calvin Austin for me, 96, I'd be fine with it, but there's a good chance that he is just an Isaiah McKenzie with his size. And that's fine if you have a gadget role, but that doesn't always work out. So 96, if you're looking for speed and some special packages with a player from the slot position and some probably returnability as well, that makes sense to me. Uh, But I don't know if I am banging the table for Calvin Austin at 96. I'd be okay with it. Again, I'm missing on traits at at a 100. Um, I'd be pretty happy with the the traits that he brings. As as Kathy says, we have everything else at wide receiver, except maybe that small, dynamic, quick, shifty guy. Uh, You get the ball in space and and see if the guys can catch him at the end of the third quarter when their legs start to go. Um, You know, maybe he can return some kicks. Maybe he can help on special teams, turn someone like him into a gunner on punt return. Uh, let him let him earn his stripes there for what you would have to pay him. That would be a pretty good investment. So I'd be uh, I'd be pretty interested in a in a player like that that far down the line just because of the speed and athleticism he brings. Again, you're looking for traits, whether it's D- uh, Daniel Falele's size and strength, or quickness of a Calvin Austin or a Tyquan Thornton or JT Woods type. So um, decent decent uh, shout. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. He's a fun here's Charles Pincer. Says KJ Hamler has speed. Why are you guys talking about trading our wide receivers off when they haven't even had a chance with a competent QB and offensive coordinator? And when he says you guys, as in y'all, I think he means the chat, not necessarily us. Uh, we were talking about it because y'all were talking about it. You ask us a question or something like that, and we will we, we'll hit on that. Um, but we're also not trying to trade off Jerry Judy. We shot that one down pretty quick, Charles. Yeah. And his, you're trading him pretty low right now. Uh, I would not say that's a good investment. What are you getting? Maybe back a mid to late three, maybe a four. Uh, with him only having what three years of control left after this season, he could be doing for an extension. So those are things he like he could hold out. So those are things to consider. Uh, also, with the play last season coming off injury, you're selling low. I think that if anything, you're mm-hmm. keeping Jerry Judy this year, and then you take your if you're not in love with his fit to the locker room, or you're concerned about paying him long-term, especially after uh, restructuring the contracts of Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, making it a further down the line commitment to those guys. Maybe you reassess it then. Um, but that's not something I would be advocating for right now, unless somebody like the jets came in and offered you pick 35 uh, where you could get another young cost controlled player with two more years of control. Maybe then I would consider it, but the Jets aren't doing that. They're offering that for like DK Metcalf or AJ Brown or something right now. Which was nice because you got the chance to buy your own low, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. You you didn't want to try, you don't want to try and renegotiate their contracts after this year, after the type of season you're hoping to have with quarterback and an offensive head coach. Mm -hmm. These guys could have monster years, and then you're 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 doubling your money on each of those guys. So uh, very good job. Lawrence says, is, is, is this a quiet before the storm of hires? Or do you think Peyton is happy? I think the staff's pretty well full. I mean, isn't there, there aren't really any spots you're looking to fill. Are there Nick? Mm, I can't really think of any, um, you could, like they on the roster itself, like Just can... or even, even in the coaching staff, you know, so it, it could be, there's, you know, some administrative stuff, some backroom, 
uh, yeah. folks, but you know, that those don't make much news regardless, even if there is giant turnover, unless it's the PR guy, because you know, they're the ones with the biggest, you know, old fashioned, you know, never argue with someone who buys ink by the barrel that old, uh, I never heard that old one. cliche. <laughs> I never heard that one. Um, yeah. Also the Broncos have, uh, organized team activities in less than a week. So like coaching staff is probably all but set because those guys mm-hmm. need to know what they're going to be teaching um, and implementing uh, for this f- first organized team activities on April 11th. So probably not happening. Scott, we don't have very much time left. We got to talk about our main topic at hand players. You think the Broncos would be worth trading up for from pick 64. Um, I mentioned him earlier, but this is one, if he falls to like pick 50 to, to you know, 58 area, I'm fine moving up and giving up one of your fourth round picks or something just to slight move up, but go out there and get Arnold Ebiketti. Uh, I think he's a great player. I think he's probably going to go in the top five to 10 picks in the second round. Um, and he would go in the back end of the first round, I think in many drafts, but because of the edge depth in this class could see him kick down the board a bit. Uh, he's versatile. He's tenacious. He wins with his hands. He's got good speed to power. Uh, I really like uh, Arnold Ebiketti. And I think he is a, he's the last edge rusher of a specific tier uh, that I would be worth uh, nabbing for him. And I have him, an equivalent with Sam Williams, but without the opposite of character concerns. Uh, Ebiketti is considered a plus player um, for that. He's, yeah, he's got some stuff from the Senior Bowl I haven't posted yet, so I'll uh, I'll take care of that today. Um, he he didn't flash the way some of those other guys did down there. He he wasn't on the same level as Sam Williams or Jermaine Johnson for sure. Uh, maybe even Boye Mafe, uh, yeah. but he was he was okay. Jasmine coming in a little bit late. We're glad you're here. Good morning. Good morning. Um, yeah. Travis Jones is a guy for me. Uh, he fits such a specific need and he's good. I mean, he's, he's really good. I think he can play a four, three defensive tackle, but 330 pounds of Travis Jones, he can play that three, four nose guard and doesn't necessarily have to leave the field. And it's going to be half the cost of Jordan Davis of the university of Georgia, who could go top 10. So he's a player for me that if he happens to be sitting around, um, between 40 and 50, you start thinking about it. You start thinking about, hey, I've got these nine picks for a reason. Let me package together some. And again, I've used this phrase before, round peg, round hole. Travis Jones at nose guard for the Denver Broncos would be an immediate, not just an upgrade. I think he'd be a plus player for you. I, I really like his future. Yeah, I really like him as well. He'd be a good one. And honestly, I'd have no issue with him playing 4-I or uh, 4 technique in 3-4 base or 5-1-5, whatever you want to say, because he's a good enough athlete there with the length. I mean, you talk about uh, a team that the Broncos defense kind of replicated here recently with the Bears. Akeem Hicks is 6-6-3-30-3-40, um, and he's a, an absolute monster. So if you, you brought in DJ Jones, you want him to play nose? Fine. Uh, you want him to move over to 4-I, 5 technique, and have Travis Jones at the nose tackle spot? fine. Uh, that I, I'm fine with any of that. So also how great would it be to have your three primary interior defensive linemen all be Joneses, you know, keeping up with the Joneses there. So we might Draymond Jones, <laughs> DJ Jones, Travis Jones. Let's do it. Uh, Glenda coming in morning, gentlemen. Thanks for keeping the off season. Interesting. Thank you, Glenda. That's really nice of you to say. I'm glad that, uh, it's good to know that we're not just yelling into the void as, uh, I do that anyway, but that's, uh, that's on my free time. Uh, can't always keep up with the new class. You guys are my cliff notes. Much appreciated. We appreciate you, Glenda. Thank you for the shout out. Uh, we appreciate you. We also got David uh, Cromelo coming in here saying Tyler Linderbaum could fall all the way to round two per Tony Pauline. If he falls to 50, 55, would you guys be working the phones? I would probably be working the phones because he's exact fit for your offense. You want to run and Lloyd Cushenberry has been a bottom five to 10 center in football. And those are the kind of guys you, you want to talk about like, pairing a rookie center with a veteran quarterback. That's a great fit. And also you want a, a leader, a vocal leader on that offensive line. Somebody who's going to get everybody in the right spots. Tyler Linderbaum is extremely intelligent and uh, competitive. So he, he sets the tone uh, for that Iowa offensive line. He has even when uh, Alaric Jackson and Tristan Wirfs were there. So he'd be a, uh, I'd be fine with trading for up for him there. I know it's a devalued position like center, but you're probably going to fully commit to this outside zone scheme for the next three seasons, I would imagine with Nathaniel Hackett. So there's not a imminent, Oh my God, we could switch over to a gap scheme. And then the center we just took with our first pick is not a fit anymore. I don't think that's a concern at all. Yeah. I'd be willing to take the under on 50 to 55. I don't, I I think that would be a stretch to think he's going to fall that far, but if he's there, yeah, he's absolutely a move up and grab without a doubt. Uh, Appreciate the green, appreciate the green super David. Um, one there's one other one that was coming in it was oh kathy coming in again she says logan hall or sam williams at 75 but we didn't pick an edge at 64 i like both players for me this one wasn't close 
Um, Logan Hall got blown up um, down at the Senior Bowl, and Sam Williams was one of the best players there. Uh, so just, again, purely on playing, purely on, on who, who's going to make my team better right now, it's Sam, it's, uh, it's Sam Williams, and by a long shot. Yeah, that's a... Uh... That's a good call. I like Logan Hall as a five technique in the scheme. Um, I wouldn't have any issue with him. His tape is pretty good. Um, wasn't as good down there in the senior bowl, which is a concern. It knocks him a bit, but some people thought he was, you know, a borderline first round player. Now you're talking about him end of round two. Uh, Mark Schrader coming in saying completely agree, Scott. The thumbs and that's up. That's with Thanks. the stars. Otherwise, I wouldn't, you know, just self yeah. boast like that. Um, I think that one's about, uh, I think, Mark, this one's about Travis Jones. Uh, the player I like to, to go up and there, and there's several of them, you know, that you can go up and get. Uh, when is your, what's your, what's your pick after 64? For me, just in general. No, no, no. What is the number? The, the number? 75. 75. Okay. So 74, uh, 75, you know, you start getting itchy a little bit, you know, um, Tyler Smith. I know you like that tackle. He's sitting there at 59 on NFL mock draft database. Chad Moom is at 61. You know, do you move up a couple of spots? Not for a linebacker. For, yeah. for maybe um, for the uh, the offensive tackle. But I do like I do like Perrion Winfrey at 54. But I do I, I like Travis Jones a lot more. Um, Christian Watson isn't the right fit. He's at 49. I still think he's got a good chance to go in the first round. So for me, the the easy one on there is uh is Travis Jones. If he's hanging around after 40, I'm I'm I'm, I'm doing this. I'm starting to twitch. I'm like, yeah. I want this guy. I want him. Uh, uh, you know, anybody that even thinks about playing a three, four at times, and he does not just three, four specific, uh, is someone that you really want. Yeah. Abraham Lucas is another one for me. Um, if it hits 50 and Abraham Lucas is on the board, I'm starting to think real hard about going and getting him Yeah, and not just taking my chances of, uh, letting him fall. Yeah. And I thanks, think that always for the support, Mark, you've been a huge help to this show. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely with you on that. I think uh, you talk Abraham Lucas here, a name that I'll throw out that I think is a good fit is uh, Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan. Um, he's a little bit older for the position, but he's had a complete body transformation. Came from Austria, not Australia, and as a tight end, and he's added about 80 pounds to his frame over the last two years. He's got sweet feet. He's a good mover and a very smooth pass protector on the tape there at Central Mis Michigan for the Chippewas. So uh, I really like Bernard Raymond. I know that his arm length is a concern, but I think he could be a great uh, tackle for this scheme, specifically the outside zone. And I think he's got some right tackle, left tackle versatility as well, which I think is very important because we talked about it earlier. Garrett Bowles is not on notice per se, but his contract wasn't touched when the Broncos easily could have to further commit to him, which says to me that Garrett Bowles probably needs to have his antenna up a little bit as far as his play this season, uh, because he could be a cap casualty, maybe not in 2023, but definitely before the last year of his contract in 2024, getting a developmental tackle that's a pass protector that can play left or right tackle, I think makes a lot of sense uh, for the Broncos long-term building if you want healthy cap and some flexibility at the position. So John Clay eventing coming in, going yellow on us on the Super, says, good morning, guys. Always good visiting you. Always good to have you. Uh, is it just me or the third through fifth rounds just loaded with talent? DeMarco Jackson seems to jump off the screen and he projects as a fifth round guy. You know, if you are even considered to be an NFL player, you're in the top 10% of college college players. We watch some pretty good football in college, and the top 10% of guys are going to be really good football players. So is it that we're just getting better exposure to these guys, Nick? I mean, I've said for a while, so I'm just trying to, again, bias. My bias is this is a deeper class from 15 to 100. This is a deeper class than usual. But – is it just because we know more about these guys? We've got exposure to the guys at Fordham and North Dakota State. Or is it that these guys are transferring out? And the transfer portal has helped them go out and showcase their abilities. So it feels like we've got more players that are are, are uh, able to contribute. I think that's a big part of it as well. I think it's also just the NFL draft in general. Uh, it's more exposure than we've ever had, which is great for the sport. Um, it's, I mean, I think the NFL draft last year was watched more than the NBA playoffs that were going on, which is insane. I guess you have all 32 teams, fans of teams tuning in, but still that's, that's something considered it's a playoff game. So definitely possible. Um, DeMarco Jackson app state. Uh, I didn't watch much app state this year, uh, but what I can say is that when I did watch them, he didn't, he looked like fast, but he's a little bit small uh, for the position six, one, two thirty. Um, 
looks like a good depth kind of guy for special teams. And if you're looking for a third or fourth linebacker on that rookie contract, do that. That'd be fine. Um, but it's a deep linebacker class too. I think that's another thing that is worth discussing here. We, when we go over the off ball linebacker spot, uh, I get down to gosh, 15 deep before 16 deep, maybe before I'm thinking about, uh, DeMarco Jackson. So it's, it's a good class. Um, there's a lot of names to consider there and that would probably push him down the board some. Yeah. So it's relative, but again, yeah. third through fifth round for me, it's not even, it's, it's second through the second. I love the second rounders. I'd love to have a bunch of second round picks in this draft. There's so many different yeah. guys. Um, and Kaylee Allen was coming in and says no one, you know, earlier he says no one wants a defensive end with our second round pick. I think my favorite pick here, depending on how the board falls, again, is Abraham Lucas at offensive tackle. But to, to start off the show, Kayleon, we talked about probably five guys that, that at edge that could fit the bill at that pick. And uh, um, Josh Pascal was a guy that I think we've been pretty high on that could be in that spot. And Sam Williams, we've talked a ton about him. Uh, Kingsley Enigbare is a possibility. Um, but uh, again, part of the show when you came in, we were talking about guys to trade up to get and there were guys that, at that point, I don't know if there's edges that are going to be there that I would trade up to get as opposed to uh, the other positions that yeah. don't have the depth that the edge does this year. The edge class is as deep as you're ever going to see it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't disagree with you there. Um, some other guys I wanted to shout out here that I might be interested in training up for if they did fall a bit. Um, I don't know where he's going to go, but I know he doesn't have great arm length and he's not a outside press boundary cornerback playing man defense, which could have him sink a bit. But if Trent McDuffie falls to the second round, I'm on the phone. Um, he's brilliant. And I think mm -hmm. he's an incredible scheme fit and uh, you can't have enough cover guys in this division going forward. So I don't think he's going to fall. If he does fall, it's going to be in like the 20 to 30 range. But if he falls there and is sitting there at pick 40, I'm working the phones. Um, there's also four safeties that I really like after Kyle Hamilton. We talked about safety earlier being an unknown position for me. Um, there are four that I think are tier two. They're both Kyle Hamilton. I'm not freaking out about the, the 40 time with Kyle Hamilton. Um, if I was picking top 10, maybe we'd have to have a discussion, but he's still a good player. And it's easy for me to say, trust the tape on him now that Broncos aren't picking nine, but there are four safeties that if they fell to pick 55, if any of them fell, I'd be, maybe it's worth it to go up there and get that versatile chess piece in the back end. Uh, Lewis Seen from Georgia. I think he's going to sneak his way into the back of the first round. Anybody who can get him day two, um, be excited about him. He tested like an absolute freak. He does everything for Georgia's defense too. It's not his fault that the Georgia's front seven took care of things before he needed to get there. But uh, I really like Lewis Seen. Um, height, weight, speed, tenacity, physicality, single high, box, slot, too high. I mean, he, he can do it all. Um, he's a really good mm -hmm. player. Um, after that, you have three other safeties that I think if they fall down would be worth uh, interested in trading up for. Daxton Hill probably one of the fastest safeties in this class. Michigan mainly used him in the slot where he was very good there, but I think his ability at single high, if you wanted to, would be exceptional there. Um, you have Jalen Petrie from Baylor, who people rave about is just being in the heart and soul of that team and one of the best football dudes in this draft. You're getting a high character guy with him as well, and he's also extremely versatile. And also, I really like Jaquan Brisker. Uh, you want to play dime defense? Brisker played a lot of box snaps last year. He's an athletic enough to play slot or deep, but he played a lot of box and there is tape out there of Jaquan Brisker coming around and stalling and planting, pulling guards, you know, 300 plus pound guards. And he's coming down and setting the edges of safety and knocking those offensive linemen back. That's a physical dude. Um, so those, th those four safeties I think are worth shouting out for um, if they are around 64. You mentioned Petrie. I, I like Petrie. Yep. Yeah. I, I thought you mentioned Petrie. And as, as Ethan comes in going orange, she says, Stan Pat at 64 and a good player will fall. Um, then you keep your twos and threes and fours in a deep class this year. I, again, I agree because you mentioned the the two threes and the fours, but if it, it you got to find out what it's going to cost you. You know, if I yeah. can move up, if I'm sitting there at sixty four, and all of a sudden I see my guy at fifty eight, and it's going to cost me a seventh to make sure I get him. Might be worth it. I, I don't want to give up too much, especially in the in top one hundred picks in this class. I wouldn't want to give up anything uh, in this class because it's there's so many good players in the top one hundred that can come in and help. Uh, if it's a seventh or a seventh next year or something like that, you know, call up somebody who's desperate for more picks. Hey, Terry Fontenot, Atlanta Falcons, your roster sucks. Seventh rounder would really help you out, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it would. Um, so, again, it's it all comes down to cost for me. What What's it cost to move up? I don't want to pay much, but if I can move up without paying much, sure, why not? 
Yeah, and uh, we had a comment here from uh, Kayon. He's talking about the five technique spot, um, kind of the opposite of Draymond Jones uh, rather than the edge spot. And we kind of hinted at it earlier, but it's mm-hmm. the lack of depth in this class. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis are going the first round. And after that, DeMarvin Leal, if he's there at 64, maybe. Um, I've heard some there's con- some concerns about him, uh, his character. Former five-star guy. Um, he's also a little bit finesse which i don't really love but if he's there at 64 and you trust the athlete athleticism and the tools okay i can get behind it um perry on winfrey we talked about him already and travis yeah, Jones, that was someone that. we mentioned earlier could fit into that spot as well he's a 4-3 defensive tackle or a 3-4 end yeah. uh and it would be very very good at 64 it's good value because of the questions that nick is about to pose uh for perry on winfrey for winfrey yeah, just there's some concern. I think he's a little bit high built. I think he's a single gapping kind of guy, ideally, but he'd be interesting. And we did talk about him earlier. And we also talked about Travis Jones potentially being there. And we also talked about Logan Hall, uh, maybe being a five tech. But after that, I mean, that's the reason we're not talking about it is because the bodies after that are probably not worth the draft slot. I mean, John Ridgeway, not shouldn't take him at 64. No, it's hard. No, it's funny. Card. If you look at NFL mock draft database, it goes Federian, it goes Perry on Winfrey 54, Federian Mathis 67, and then there's a drop all the way to 120 uh-huh. um, at the, for that spot. So the, the 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 defensive tackle type, again, it's not it's not that deep um, for for that for that 300 pounder. There's a couple mm-hmm. 330 guys in there I love, or even a little bit more. Um, Travis Jones, one of those guys. Uh, Jordan Davis, one of those guys, and I think John Ridgeway could come in and play, but not at 64. Not at 64. So, and that's why I think that that Perry on Winfrey fits a, a good need and is worth worth a chance. Yeah. Uh, you know, Senior Bowl MVP. When the lights came on, he performed. Um, you know, what was the motivation there? The coaches were leaving Oklahoma, so the, the, the coach had already given up on that team as well. So, uh, there's a lot I would like to find out about him. But when the lights came on, when it was the most important, he performed down in Mobile and was Senior Bowl MVP, and he kicked butt all week. So, yeah. liked him a lot. Yep, it's not that we aren't interested. It's that it uh, doesn't really line up that way. And Scott, before we get on out of here, I do want to say, are you on the record, Abraham Lucas over Bernard Raymond for yourself? No. No? I just don't think Raymond has a shot of being at 64. Yep. Okay, there we go. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, could see him go all the way up at 17 to the Chargers. Who knows? Or yeah. even the so, no, he's, uh, you know, uh, I would take, uh, let, me, let me list the names, but most of those guys that you see top 40, I would take over. So Lucas is a guy that I think is really good that we've seen in that 64 range, you know, Trevor Penning, no Raymond, no. Uh, and then there's a next tier. I would take, I would probably take him over Tyler Smith from what I've seen, but that, that one, I don't know. I know more about Lucas than Smith. I would definitely take him over Falele. Um, I take him over Darian Kennard. Um, not a tackle, not a scheme fit, not a tackle. Yeah. And me. I don't know much about Rashid Walker, but what I, ha- and then the next guy after Lucas is Max Mitchell. Lucas is head and shoulders better than Max Mitchell. So um, that's, that's where I would go. So no, not, not, I wouldn't take him over Raymond from what I've seen. um, But I don't expect Raymond to sniff 60 where Lucas could still be in there after 50. Yep. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us today. We are at over an hour now, so we got to get going, but we appreciate the heck out of you. Make sure you're following Scott on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy and I am at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Um, if you are on Facebook or have a Facebook, make sure you're joining our communities there at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Um, check that we haven't had any new reviews this month yet, so get on it. Make sure you head to Apple Podcasts, to iTunes, find the Huddle Up Podcast, and scroll down, leave a five-star rating and review uh, for a chance to win some swag, and also you know get your review read. If you have any questions that we didn't get to on here, Nick, who is your favorite all-time outside linebacker for the Broncos. You know, I'll answer that on here. You just put that on the uh, the review and we'll get to it. So uh, please go to iTunes and do that for us. Please, please. Also, if you're on YouTube or have a YouTube account, first, if you don't have a YouTube account, stop, do it. I know just one more password you have to remember. I saw that Lawrence forgot his password on Google, but uh, mm-hmm. make sure you create a YouTube account. You can follow us on there. That's probably the best place you can follow us and support us. And if you are on YouTube, make sure you find the Huddle Up channel on there. Subscribe. Like and share our show to your channels, uh, Instagram, uh, th- Twitch, Twitter, I, Elon Musk, whatever. He owns it now, I guess. He bought 9.2%. Reddit. 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 Yeah. yeah, Reddit. Let's Reddit. do some Reddit. There we go. Um, but we appreciate the heck out of you guys. Uh, we're going to get on out of here. Mark Schrader saying great job, guys. Brad D., thank you. 
Uh, Kathy saying best podcasters. Love you guys. Very um, humbling, Kathy. Yeah, thank you. That is really nice. Um, appreciate you. We appreciate all you guys. Um, Scott, what's the rest of your day looking like? What do you got? Uh, it's Tuesday. Should be Champions League. So mm-hmm. there should be some Champions League kicking off today. I get to relax a little bit before Chelsea plays Real Madrid. I know Ethan is sitting there and he said the buses have pulled up at, at in London. I, they must be, first leg must be in London. I doubt you're in uh, in in Spain. I want to hit this one real quick. Wyatt coming in with some stars. Uh, so before we got Russ, cornerback was talked about uh, taking at number nine. Since the trade, it seems that's gone quiet. Why? At 64. I, I think the reason there, Wyatt, is because at nine, you're talking about a possible best player available, a 15-year guy, you know, a, a long-termer in Sauce Gardner, possibly Derek Stingley. Um, once you get down to 64, your, your players of equal ability or more, the, the pool gets a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. So you start looking at more needs at that point where I need a right tackle more than I need a corner. If I'm going to get, I'd rather have an average right tackle right now and an average NFL right tackle than an average corner. I can get an average corner anywhere else. I'm okay there. Um, mm-hmm. If I could get a superior corner over guys that I didn't necessarily like because Sauce Gardner was the best player, then it makes sense. Then I can fit him in and I can do some different things, but just getting a guy at corner at 64 doesn't make sense. So I think that's why you you've seen it you've seen it fall off because there's not somebody you don't expect anybody that can come in and help you right away where you can do that at other positions at 64. Yeah, and also the scheme fit wise, I'm not sure if every granted we're just purely projecting with the Giro Evero. Uh, who knows? Maybe he wants to play two press boundary cornerbacks on the outside. I don't know. Um, but all right, guys, we appreciate you. Charles Pines saying great show. Thank you so much, Mark. Also, stay safe with weather heading east. Scott hit the hit. Uh, hit here last night. You guys make sure you hit the like on the way out. So everyone stay safe. Choose kindness, choose compassion. We'll see you tomorrow on Scott's channel. I'll see you guys tonight on building the Broncos. Happy Tuesday. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. <laughs>